0: Hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to another episode of uh, Talking About Coaching. Um, today, uh, we're going to be uh, talking about silence. And uh, I'm aware of the inherent paradox in it. Um, I think it's worth talking about. I think it's almost worth more not talking, but we'll give it a bit of context. So the, the question that uh, I often get is, um, from from coaches or maybe not often but certainly every now and then is um uh what was it formulated as yeah how do i work with silence uh, is that still coaching it freaks my clients out so, <laughs> so i think each of these three kind of parts of the questions are very worth discussing you know how do i work with silence yeah. um is it is that still coaching when i'm not saying something and when my client is not saying something um And it freaks my clients out because silence can be something quite uncomfortable to sit in. So um, I'll throw that out there and uh, let's talk about it.
1: Yeah, certainly. Um, I think learning to work with silence has definitely been one of the most kind of powerful aspects of my learning curve as a coach. Um, It was something we discussed particularly in our module. Um, back when I was training and it was definitely one of the hardest things to get comfortable with myself. Um, I think it's like an intuition to want to support and like perhaps the pressure we put on ourselves as coaches to try and find the next relevant and good and powerful question. Um, But actually as I started experimenting a bit more with silence and being comfortable with it myself, I found the results with clients really, really powerful. And and perhaps it is that that very discomfort that has the potential to draw out, Mm -hmm. you know, interesting responses and new reactions or new um, knowledge about your client. Mm. That's my intuitive kind of Yeah, first thought.
2: Yeah, for for me, it it came from an experience from, you know, my previous coach hiring a coach that created a lot of silence in, in the sessions. Sometimes I would ask him, Are you still there? Right? You know, we, we, we wouldn't have video calls, just um, just calls, and often there was a long silence. And it it was very uncomfortable at the beginning, but it created a lot of space, right for insights. And I think that's, that's a powerful thing about silence is often as coaches, if we just slow down, and we don't just answer a question, the client often will come up with something. Right, And it's just that extra 10 seconds or 20 seconds of breathing, creating that space. Mm-hmm. And I love, the, love this example by, um, by Michael Neal. He talks about a lamppost metaphor. He says, look, if a man would go to a lamppost and we just go there every night and talk about his problems, talk about his day, talk about what happened in the day, his challenges, he would get a lot of benefit from that. And the lamppost doesn't talk back, right? But it's there, right? And I think that's really useful. And as coaches, we can take you know take a lot from that. Sometimes it's yeah, I think did, even, did you
0: say Michael New? Uh, because I, Ma- I read that Michael in Rich, I read that in Rich Litwin's book. And it I, true, I was, yeah. I was yeah, credited to that.
2: <laughs> it's a concept described in the Prosperous Coach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. but it comes from Michael Neal.
0: Cool, oh, interesting.
2: Right? And and you know, often as coaches we think like, Am I am I giving enough value? Mm-hmm. Am I providing enough value? Well even if you would just be like a lamppost, you would actually create a lot of value for people.
0: Mm. And I tell coaches that a lot, you know, if, uh, if you just show up and you create a space for somebody to talk and to think, you're creating a lot of value. Yeah. And uh, often you create more value when you don't speak and you allow your client to make the connections and to grapple with, you know, whatever is present for them, than when you guide them or when you ask them questions or, you know, when you insert some sort of influence. Um, but there was also something in there earlier that I kind of wanted to point out because I think there is silence that is particularly useful and there is silence that is just to do, do. what are you doing? Can you please say something like the, that's not productive, you know, and it's difficult when you're on the phone with somebody, it's uh, easier to grasp when you're sitting with somebody or you see them because you, you can see whether this is a useful silence where somebody has a space to keep thinking about something or whether this is the kind of silence where they really just need you to say something and it's, uh, they're, not, they're not thinking about anything other than why the fuck is this guy not speaking, <laughs> you know? So, mm. um, however, that said, I think P, the clients can learn that this is the way you work, you know? If you contracted it at, at the beginning, you know, sometimes there will be silences and this is how I use them and this is how I value them. So you will often find me not immediately responding to something that you've said, you know, yeah. because I, I believe in providing that kind of space. I believe a lot of value comes out of that space of silence, you know, when you take the lead. Um, so you, you'll find me doing that. And in the beginning it might be awkward and it, it you will have those moments where the client is like, well, why aren't you saying something? And, you know, they want some kind of guidance from somebody else. So if they learn that you work with silence or you've talked about that in the beginning, then that value will emerge, you know, with time people get used to Mm -hmm. using the coaching space.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's two things that come up for me after what you've just said there. What it made me think is like, you know, one way of getting around this, this idea of silence, maybe not being productive is kind of to let go of it, thinking of it as a kind of an emptiness or a lack and kind of reframe it as like silence as a tool, right? It's just another Mm -hmm. tool I can draw on and with certain clients or in certain situations that's a good tool to, you know, put to the test. The other kind of silence I think I want to differentiate with then is kind of more, you know, the silence of the coach. And I think that's in response to what you're saying about kind of non-productive silence. But I I guess what I'm questioning is, you know, silence as a coach is still kind of allowing yourself the space to be present and kind of have a sense of emergence and immediacy in your interaction with the client rather than having these pre-formulated questions or thinking about questions in your discussion. So I think, you know, there's a silence the, cr- the coach can create for themselves to create a, 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 a moment or a space to think and c- let the question arise. And then there's a silence you can use as a tool with your client, almost in the same way to let something new arise.
0: Yeah, and I think that question around is that still coaching is, uh, <clears throat> is an interesting one. Because uh, if we use silence as part of the coaching, very much still coaching. Um, if somebody never says anything and just like literally does the lamppost, I don't think that's coaching. You know, I think the client would get a lot of value from talking to the lamppost person or the actual lamppost, Um, but I don't think that's coaching. I don't think a lamppost can coach you because for me coaching, there's something around uh, a conversation about what do you wanna get out of this and where do you go and particularly a, a human to human relationship. Mm-hmm. And if one of mm-hmm. the uh, people in the relationship never says anything, you know, then there's a, there's a disconnect. I think, uh, it doesn't mean that there's not value in that, but I don't think that's coaching anymore.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but if the silence is placed within the coaching framework, it's super, super powerful.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I agree with that. I think it has to be purposeful, mm-hmm. right? If we just insert it because, you know, we, we know it's others do it, then it's not that intentful. But what, what I've noticed is, especially working with high achievers, is, you know, often they speed up, their thinking is fast. And by just creating that silence, it helps them slow down.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Right? And then sometimes all we have to do is just, you know, ask a question like, hey, well, before I give you, you know, before we kind of dive in deeper, tell me a bit more about that. And then just really slowing down. And I've noticed that, that that is, you know, especially for people that, you know, high performers that go very fast, we live in a fast paced world as well, right, in that space, where we're holding that space, we, we know what we're doing, right. So there's a distinction there, right, between completely saying nothing for the sake of it, or actually trying to draw out maybe a distinction, trying to draw out an insight from from a client and helping them slow down.
1: I really like the, oh, sorry, Annick.
0: Yeah, no, I was just saying, um, uh, Faye was saying um, behind the silence to our clients, uh, establish the truth behind the silence to our clients is essential to avoid confusion in, uh, in his end. Mm, nice. Establishing the truth behind the silence. Uh, as I understand it, I, like the way I make sense of that is that uh, out of truth comes something from the client. You know, if we don't interfere with the process of them making sense of something, we can be much more sure that this is something that is the client's truth. This is something that emerged from the client. So mm-hmm. I, I think within coaching, there's always this interplay between how much, how much influence do I insert here? Mm. How much of myself do I bring into this? You know, because I, I want my clients to find their own solutions and their own answers and to, you know, produce their own way forward and navigate life and take full responsibility for it. But I would, I also want to insert some positive influence in there, mm-hmm. you know, facilitate. Mm-hmm. But as soon as we are in interaction, we are inserting some influence. You know, we're bringing ourselves into our clients' lives. And by definition, they, we take responsibility there.
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: so it's a, it's an interesting interplay between, you know, letting our clients do their thing and facilitating their journey so that they feel empowered and us bringing ourselves in and our value to, to support them and help them.
1: Mm. I really like that. And I also really liked what Severs said in the connection he made with silence and slowing things down. Again, and I think it's just something I'm thinking a lot about at the moment. It's kind of this whole, the notion of presence and coaching and like almost like uh, more mindfulness coaching and that kind of thing slowing down and the silence i think the response you get and i think you know that's that's the power of silence is kind of the emergence of something new and whilst it can be uncomfortable you know i think that's where the influence as a coach comes in right our duty as a coach is to some extent to push our clients out of their comfort zone so i think you know it's like you're killing two birds with one stone because you know you're allowing for their discomfort and as a coach you're challenging them in that sense you're allowing something new to arise out of that but you're also kind of bringing them into a, s- a state that maybe, you know, like you were saying high achievers, that they're not that familiar with by slowing them down and creating that emptiness, which is kind of that presence yeah. where something can emerge. So I think, you know, it's an amazing tool in so many yeah, ways. Yeah.
2: And, and we see this in, in, in other industries as well, right? There's a great uh, documentary on Netflix about Michael Jordan. And one of yeah. the things he said, he said when, when, that new, uh, when Phil Jackson became the coach, and he's the coach that turned everything around, helped him play more as a team. But one of the things he introduced is mindfulness. And just he created a space. And it was just really that silence, right? Mm-hmm. And he asked people, asked the whole team to just be in that space for five, 10 minutes. And it helped them perform better when the pressure was really high, right? Because he said we, we weren't reacting as much. Mm-hmm. We were able to respond better. We were able to just, you know, we were able to practice that muscle mm-hmm. so they were practicing that muscle in training. And then in the game, mm-hmm. it helped them to slow down and, mm-hmm. and actually make better decisions. Yeah.
0: But this is also where the last part of this question, uh, creeps in, you know, because, mm-hmm. uh, when some people, when I sit in silence, most of the time it, it's, it's that, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm being mindful. I'm, I'm feeling really present and grounded and it, it really helps me a lot. Sometimes, When I sit in silence, something comes up that is quite uncomfortable, you know, something that maybe I hadn't paid attention to because I was quite distracted or too busy in life. You know, uh, something that uh, uh, is perhaps something I haven't, I have done and I regret or something that I need to get done and I've been trying to avoid things that I might have suppressed and all of a sudden that feeling creeps back up. So I think that's why silence freaks some people out as the, as the question was worded. I think that's where mindfulness sometimes gets a bad rep because when you sit with yourself and there's something with yourself that is important, but uncomfortable, you know, that you've been avoiding or suppressing or whatever, you know, it it comes up in moments of silence and for coaching, that's fantastic, you know, because then Mm -hmm. we can actually deal with it. You know, if you get uncomfortable, if your client gets uncomfortable in a moment of silence, I'm really curious about that. You know, and that's the value of silence. It brings stuff out, not necessarily comfortable, but certainly super valuable and meaningful, you know, and you can still decide that you're not going to deal with this now, you know, and you're Mm -hmm. going to park it for later. Um, But I think it's important to kind of open our eyes to what's present with us Mm -hmm. and in silence it has an opportunity to come up, regardless whether that's comfortable or not. You know, it allows us uh, a choice, you know, whether we're going to deal with it or not.
1: Mm. I mean, in the words of Simon Garfunkel, it just made me think it's like the sound of silence, right? Like, even though it's silence, it, you know, it's so potent.
0: Um, mm-hmm.
1: And the other thing I, I, I was having a discussion with my partner recently, who's currently doing a course in psychotherapy. And she informed me, you know, there's a whole, I think there's a branch of therapy of some sorts. Or there was an example of someone whose therapist literally was just silent the whole time. And he was like, oh, my God, I'm walking to therapy and I'm just paying you to be silent. But like their method was just pure silence, I think for like 10 sessions. Um, I think the one thing that's interesting is perhaps about contracting. It sounds like in this example, the person wasn't aware when they entered their relationship with that therapist that that was their method of therapy. So they were just really taken aback and a bit surprised and perhaps didn't have the experience that signed themselves up for. So again, you know, and we touched upon this at the beginning of our conversation here is like, if you're someone who perhaps as a coach really uses silence in like a very direct and like that's your method, perhaps that's something worth you know, mentioning in your contracting yeah. with a client. So
0: yeah, way. I've heard that a few times that, you know, mm-hmm. all my my therapist didn't say anything. Maybe 10 sessions is extreme perhaps, but like yeah. um, I think that contracting makes all the difference. Imagine you mm-hmm. go to a Vipassana retreat and you think it's like a normal <laughs> retreat. Yeah. And all of a sudden like nobody speaks and you don't know what the fuck and you're talking mm-hmm. and like nobody answers. It's like... Mm-hmm. That would be weird, but it would be weird at a Vipassana retreat if somebody is trying to make everybody talk. But (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think the contracting bit is is quite important, you know, Mm -hmm. and like it doesn't just freak the clients out. I think sometimes when we might say, and this may or may not be the case here, but if you say it freaks my clients out, I think very often the coaches freaked out you know, by, by what's happening in that silence. And it can be a tough place to hold that silence Mm -hmm. and to resist the urge of stepping in to rescue a client from the discomfort that has just Mm -hmm. emerged. You know, it's a natural urge to say, Oh, you're feeling uncomfortable. Just acknowledge it, you know, Mm -hmm. and sit, invite them to sit with it. Invite yourself to sit with it for a little while. You know, yes, it's valuable perhaps to say like, Oh, what's the discomfort? Tell me about what's the sensation. How does it feel? What's that about? And then you can work with it. It's a fair approach, Mm -hmm. but, you know, sometimes to just sit in the discomfort and see what emerges from it um, can be equally or perhaps even more powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And
2: also just to give another uh, perspective, right? For the first year or two of my coaching, I hardly use silence. And Mm -hmm. I had this real idea that, well, the more I bring in, the more I say, the more value I create. Mm. Right. And I think that's, you know, as coaches often we equal silent as you know not being valuable and -hmm. i think it's really to to understand well it can be a valuable tool but again it comes with practice and often Mm -hmm. what i've found personally is by doing really the inner work it's easier to hold the silence Mm -hmm. but having a practice outside of the sessions where you can hold the space for yourself Mm -hmm. right and you know i mean another another interesting thing is right silent it's the same way spelled as listen, right? Oh. And, often, and often it's correlated with each other, right? As, as coaches, we're often, you know, especially if, if coaches are just qualified, if they're a bit inexperienced, it's very easy to, you know, jump in and say, well, you know, I know where this is going. Or we're listening and agreeing, or we're listening already and negating rather than just being really present and listening.
0: My God, I had to double check that. It's true. A silent is an anagram for listen. That is so cool.
1: That is cool. Absolutely.
0: Um, there was a recent episode of um oh my god um what what's the oh, damn it. <laughs> uh, there's a Netflix show uh, it's animated uh, by uh, the makers of Adventure Time and Duncan Trussell um Come on. <laughs>
2: it says nothing. Sorry,
0: I don't know. I have, <laughs> to, I have to put it in the show notes. It's amazing. It's basically this, uh, they've taken bi- uh, parts of Duncan Trussell's podcast and then the Adventure Time um, animator, like they put a whole uh, whole thing together. And it's, it's weird because you can listen to it and it gives you lots of value and you can look at it just without the audio. And it makes sense because there's a story. But then somehow mm. there's a story that unfolds and, crazy stuff is happening all the time. But at the same time, uh, there's these two people talking about really deep stuff, you know, meditation, um, uh, magic, like um, birth, like, but listening, there was an episode on listening um, and they compared listening to breathing, you know, Um, it's important to breathe in. And that's the listening part. You know, if you're always breathing out, it's really, really exhausting. So, we actually need some balance around you know listening and speaking, and I just found that yeah. such a beautiful uh, metaphor.
1: really cool. Mm. Um, just what you were saying now, it just reminded me a bit of like I suddenly went back to think about silent movies back in the day, and mm. you know it that made me think you know as a coach also in silence, you know we forget that there's a the whole thing of body language, which is another component of kind of my course of you know how powerfully that communicates so when we're in a space of silence it's perhaps even really conducive for us as coaches to have the opportunity to really observe how our client interacts with that and read their body language in a in a more direct kind of way in fact you know I don't know if this is an exercise you guys have done again I did on my training and, and it, it was about silence and I, I just remember it was my favorite exercise and I found it so amazingly powerful and what we had to do is in in partners one person um, had, who was the coach, had to put in headphones with music really, really loud, so they couldn't hear what their client was saying. so And then the client would spend three or five minutes kind of describing something they wanted to bring into coaching. And at the end of that, the coach unplugged and you kind of discussed, okay, this is what I got from your body language once you heard nothing. And it was incredible how accurately, once you kind of focused and zoned in on that as your only kind of medium for communication, how accurately you could gauge emotions and like the fluctuation that happened throughout the conversation. So for me that completely cemented and sold silence for me is a really amazing mm-hmm. tool
0: yeah absolutely there's so much communicated when mm. your client is not speaking mm. so it doesn't mean that they're silent you know it just means mm-hmm. they're not speaking that they're, mm-hmm. they're certainly still communicating uh mm. the midnight gospel by the way um look it ah, up it's cool. crazy and crazy interesting <laughs> nice um but yeah um uh it's a learned skill what you what you're saying uh, just like. Uh, It's important, I think, for a lot of people to know that you can learn to sit comfortably in silence. I'm now very comfortable uh, in like workshop settings or, you know, in meetings or in conversations when nobody's speaking. You know, I'm just being in the space, even if like it doesn't really matter. I'm, I'm okay now sitting in the silence. And it used to also freak me out. It used to make me feel quite uncomfortable. Because I'm like, oh, somebody should speak. Like we we should be knowing where to go next and what question to ask next. Mm. Um, So it's certainly a journey. um, And uh, we can can practice, you know, Um, set yourself some exercises like the one you just described or perhaps uh, to just, you know, uh, get together with one of your coaching buddies, you know, can be a colleague or somebody you're training with currently Um, or just a friend and say, hey, I want to, you know, sit more comfortably in silence. Uh, Do you want to practice that with me? Can we just like sit here and like look at each other? That's one of yeah. the most uh, powerful exercises that I've done in, in, uh, uh, with my students is to just a minute, just mm-hmm. look each other in the eye and not say anything, That's you know, beautiful. and you have like 60 people in the room and they're just looking at each other. And it's so difficult for many not mm. to speak, not to communicate, not to make noises or not to smile at each other or like, you know, just to be there. It's so mm-hmm. difficult. And then after the minute is over, it feels like half an hour and (laughs) everybody's so yeah, I can recommend uh, practicing it. That's awesome. I was going to
1: say, you know, one obvious one for you as a coach, as an individual, you can do on your own is just meditation. Mm -hmm. Um, That's so helpful to kind of get comfortable with silence and also become more aware of what happens for you in Mm -hmm. that so that you don't then end up, Mm -hmm. you know, putting that onto your client.
0: It's a bit different though in meditation because you're there to be silent. You know, even if it's hmm. with other people like you, it's contracted that nobody is supposed to speak. It's much harder if the other person may want you to say something. And but I guess it's not. getting comfortable
1: with your own silence, right? So it's like yeah. not leaping into yeah. the question with your client. And, and that's an exercise you can do on your own. And you don't need mm. anyone else for it. Or Good if you're first feeling, step. Yeah, if you're feeling extreme, with go as Vipassana. As well. uh-huh.
0: <laughs> yeah, I,
2: I actually, I recently around a month or two months ago, I started working with Rich in in a group program and he, he starts every session with silence. Nice. And it's maybe not just silence, he will ask us to close our eyes and breathe, yeah. breathe in, breathe out for uh, you know, mm-hmm. five times. And it really helps to just really ground and get present. And then the session starts. Yeah. And I think for me, that made such a shift. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that she shared initially, but by just the doing, I got more open for it and I'm using it more and more in my own sessions, just as an experiment, but it's, okay. it's nice. We can sometimes use it at the, at the, at the beginning, sometimes in the, you know, whenever it is suitable throughout the session and sometimes at the end to wrap up the session. Mm-hmm. And I found it personally also very useful in the enrollment conversation. And I know the question is not, you know, really about enrollment, but also, you know, when we, when we talk about, you know, our offer, or we talk about working together with a prospect, just creating space there. Mm-hmm. What I've found is that because I create a space there, I don't really get this, or oh, let me think about it because I give them the thinking space right there and then. And, you know, I had one of the last prospects that um, enrolled with me, it took around three, four minutes, right? Three, four minutes after I uh, shared the packages with her and, and, you know, that thinking space, I think made the difference because otherwise it would be well, you know what you know it's a lot to take in let me let me come back to you
1: mm.
2: right and, and it's just that's so powerful to how to give people that space right then and then mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah. a minute of silence with rich that's an expensive silence <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah
0: but yeah it shows it goes to show how powerful it is. You know, and uh, I have a few coaches who build that kind of, uh, I mean, I wouldn't call that it is silence, but it's not the kind of silence that are thinking about coming into the question with, because it's like a created space that's contracted to be silent. Mm. But I, I think unless any of you have something still you wanted to add, I think it's a good place to kind of uh, bring it down to a close. Um, Yeah,
2: maybe um, for anyone that's looking to improve their practice. I mean, we give us some tips already around having a practice, but that's great book by Nancy Klein. Mm -hmm. More Time to Think,
1: Mm -hmm.
2: right? Did you say uh, more time to think? Yeah, so she has a book, Time to Think. Yeah, I think Mm -hmm. More Time to Think is for coaches and practitioners and she she gives it. Um, And she she has plenty of examples of how she uses that.
0: Plus she's a wonderful human being. I I recently um, had the honor of uh, conversing with her a bit and she's just wonderful, Uh, always expressing gratitude and like such a warm, nice spirited human being. Uh, If you ever get a chance to uh, be in her presence, I recommend it.
1: Mm, Nice. Sorry, guys, there is actually just one more thing that I wanted to add that just came to my mind and in case it's useful for others. Um, And that was kind of, you know, the the, and it's building on kind of the body language thing, but it's the opportunity as a coach to also use silence a little bit as a tool for kind of mirroring and pacing and almost, Mm -hmm. I I want to mean in response to perhaps someone who, again, might be a type A or like a... um, a high performer and who's really fast in their thinking and agitated you know i know that one theory is it, it's helpful to match the pace of the client so as to build kind of trust and, and empathy on the mm-hmm. other hand you know if as a coach you're sensing like hey this person might actually again benefit from slowing down it's um it's it's using yourself as kind of um a contrasting kind of person by by you responding more slowly and and calmly you're kind of allowing them to kind of perhaps mirror you in response and like, you know, enable Mm -hmm. a different kind of thinking. So again, as a pacing tool, Mm -hmm. silence, so versatile, so powerful.
0: Yeah, that is super interesting how we respond to people. And there might be a whole thing around, I would love to have a whole episode around uh, pacing and leading and how that can be, Mm. because we can contrast somebody and just really create that silence from the get-go, whether that's contracted or not, you know, and then maybe they go with it. Mm. Well, we can start to uh, match them first. And then we slow down. And if we have good rapport, then they mm-hmm. will slow down with us. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of, uh, it's in a way, it's somewhat manipulating. That's why I always have a bit of a struggle mm-hmm. with, okay. with NLP techniques. But it's manipulating for a really good cause. You know, you kind of um, create something and then you roll together. Mm-hmm. You know, but they wouldn't have slowed down if I wouldn't have slowed down. And kind of, I don't know, I have a bit of a quarrel with that always, okay. but I, I know it works really well. And uh, I know it's really valuable, so I think it depends on how we contract it. But yeah, I think maybe that's a a topic for another day.
1: I'm well up for that. Great.
0: Yeah, let's add it to the list. <laughs> Sweet, cool. Thank you, guys. Uh, that was really illuminating. Um, I, I I said let's leave it here and uh, let's uh, let's yeah see you see you next time. If you have a question, do send it to us. Uh, you know where to go by this time. Cheers. Hey everybody, if you found this conversation helpful for you and your coaching practice, then there's a couple of ways that you can support the podcast and stay up to date with future episodes. Obviously, you can subscribe on here on YouTube if that's a jam. If you want to get it straight into your inbox, never miss an episode. Uh, there's a link in the description to can sign up for our mailing list. You can uh, leave it a review or follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and uh, come join us on Facebook. Um, we'll get the conversation going there. Uh, Obviously, leave us a comment, Uh, you can support us on Patreon, and uh, any way you choose to do that, uh, tell a friend, whatever you want to do, we really appreciate it, and we hope you get a lot out of it. So, see you next time!